You're listening to a CHUO podcast. CHUO is community-driven media. Find us online at chuo.fm, on air at 89.1 FM in Ottawa, and on social media at CHUO FM. And you're still tuned in here to CHUO 89.1 FM. And I am in conversation with Rashid Johnson. Thank you this morning for joining me, Rashid. I really appreciate it. And I know that time is valuable. So welcome to Black on Black. No, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, we just want to check in because we know that there have been challenging times for everybody in the world. How are you and your family doing over the last few months? And maybe how has art helped you thrive through these times that we're living in right now? No, thanks for thanks for that question. Um, Myself and my family are doing quite well. We've been really uh, very lucky over the course of the pandemic to uh, be able to continue to work and continue to have our health. Uh, I, I've been, you know, incredibly fortunate in that way, and I'm, I'm very grateful. Uh, in some ways, my work has, has has really thrived over the over the course of the last year, year and a half. And as you would assume, for a lot of artists, this this time and solitude have often led to some really significant. Uh, uh, you know, new developments in, in, in our projects. And mine is no exception to that. It's also, you know, been incredibly challenging as, as it has been for a lot of folks, but all in all, it's been, it's been really good based on what I, what I know other people have, have had to face. So no, no complaints from my side, in all honesty. I appreciate that. And I know that based on the profile that, you know, the labels that people give you in order to explain things, which actually is kind of my foreshadowing of what I experienced in in Capsule, um, you know, people have have said that, you know, here's here's how we describe your work. Here's, you know, you, 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 you know something about the culture and express it in your work. You are making perhaps a social commentary. Of course, these are all things that people say about what you're doing. That might also be a completely different thing than your actual intention. This is our interpretation of it and the space to be able to do that. But as you're saying, you, you know, I've heard you comment before about being an artist who has opportunities. And because of some of those labels, some of these conservative kind of galleries and museums and other institutions who are now looking for you that now keep you busy. How are you rolling with that during a pandemic in balancing the now perhaps increased demand while also um, holding on to the space to remain creative? No, it's it's a really interesting question and, and quite loaded in a lot of ways. Uh, I guess I'll start maybe at the beginning of it and, and thinking about how people interpret things as opposed to how they were intended to live. And I give a lot of agency and a lot of space for my audience. And in all honesty, I, I feel that you know art audiences tend to be quite sophisticated. And and when I suggest the idea of an art audience, I mean the collective us. That yes. means, you know, more or less everyone. Everyone who has been born post the, the cave paintings origins uh, is the art audience, is the cultured audience, is the sophisticated audience. And 
I really enjoy that I'm able to make things that people can come in, that they can interpret, that they can play with, that they can imagine what the goals of my work are, and, and that the work doesn't necessarily have a didactic and strategic plan for you. It does give you space. It does give you opportunity. And of course, there are a lot of, of, of little signifiers and themes and ideas that live inside it, some of which really do speak to specific cultural identities. And, and Black and brown folks tend to be uh, really quite present as an audience or as uh, equal participants are, are people to whom I expect to be uh, active and looking and interpreting my, my work. But that doesn't mean that, that uh, other folks aren't absolutely and equally invited to engage without the expectation of, of having a lot of antecedent or pre-knowledge uh, in order to activate the themes and the ideas that exist in the work. So it's, uh, that, that's quite a complicated piece. Graduating on to the enthusiasm that people are expressing for the work today, uh, you know, that's how it ebbs and flows. It, it really does. And it's always been that way in my work. And it's, it's been that way historically for contemporary practitioners. Some, some days the light shines on you and <laughs> in other days, you know, it's dark. And, and on those days when it's dark, you need to be working towards the things that you're excited to, to exhibit and to perform and to be uh, participated with when that light turns around and finds you again. No, oh, I appreciate that. And now this project, I wasn't able to, to, to notice if any of your other projects had a similar sort of um, way in which they, they, were, they were curated uh, in that it's curated in your absence because of this pandemic. And I know that one of the labels and the stereotypes we have about artists is about how, you know, you, your work isn't a very intimate expression. It's something that is like, if we're going to install it, you know, we're going to do it with your presence. How has this project challenged you as an artist? as far as holding on and releasing to the world this particular piece, Capsule, that's at the National Gallery of Canada? You know, surrender. Surrender is, is hugely important in my project. And when you're facing certain new obstacles, you have to learn how to roll with the punches and you, you have to make sure that it doesn't handicap your creative sense and how you're able to, to continue to perform as an artist and as a creative person, as a thinker and a critical thinker. So this absolutely produced obstacles that are uh, new for me in my project. I'm uh, more often than not, well, and I'm always present for an installation and for building a work in person. But really, I, I leaned on tools that I haven't leaned on as much before. Uh, previous to this and, and that we're all honestly leaning on, which is technology. Uh, I was able to be somewhat present using video for some of, some of the installation. I was able to use uh, digital strategies to form and move around objects and to you know, locate where things should be and how they should live within the context of the sculpture. So you know, I used a lot of what it is we've been using. Um, you know, just as we've been using Zoom, just as we've been using uh, different digital platforms and, and media for communication and expression and engagement, I, I 
really pivoted to use that and thinking about the new ways that architecture form in digital space and all of that really kind of funky stuff. But to your point, it's absolutely something that has challenged me. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think that it has negated our, our um, uh, midgeted any of my uh, uh, creative ambitions. And, and I think this project is, is an incredible illustration uh, that I'm enthusiastic once some of the restrictions come down to being able to, to visit and, and activate similarly to the folks who, who are having access to it now. Absolutely. Now, I had a great uh, visit to the gallery last Tuesday to see this in preparation for my conversation with you this morning. And I'm a child of Ottawa born and bred. And we are also in a racial reckoning like we see going on all over the world where we're now very clear about how not uh, representation has mattered. And in the moments where many of these institutions have not represented us well. So I've got all of that going on in my, my, in the background of my head by somebody just saying, there's going to be a, a an installation here by an artist named Rashid Johnson. I'm like, they're going to put Rashid Johnson, a dude named Rashid Johnson in the front <laughs> of the gallery. I was like, oh, that's all I needed to hear. And then I read the profile. I didn't get past Shea Butter, brother. I didn't get past Shea Butter. I say, so wait, Rashid Johnson is putting Shea Butter in the gallery. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm coming. I'm coming to see this. (laughs) And I know that this work originally was untitled and now it's been given a title. And I'll tell you where it is in the museum is under a huge glass capsule. And then there's this, you know, you walk in and you just like, it just opens up and you're like, Now, for me, as you said, these are the things that I'm going to fuel the meaning of. There were things there I felt nostalgic. As soon as I walked in, I felt nostalgic. I felt at home. There was something familiar about the objects, the way they were placed, the things that were chosen. I And I, I found, yes, the contradictions. I was like, he did not just put a Sony TV set right here, really? And I, I remember reading something about your um, discovery of um, an artist and what that triggered in you as this is possible. And I stood there in the National Gallery and I definitely felt, wow, as an educator, uh, little kids are going to pass here at night. They're, they're going to come with their parents, hopefully, when the museum is, is open. And some Black kids will, will see your picture next to it and be like, wow, what radical imagination is possible from, from this? Um, and I thought, you know, this... this had such great possibility. Um, how do you feel about being able to impact or affect your world like that as possible? No, we, honestly, uh, it's really rewarding to hear your response and it, your enthusiasm for, for what, it, what it 
you know, brought up in you and how you imagined and how you saw it and how you started the, the game of interpreting and, and, and taking ownership of it is really central to what it is I'm looking to do as an artist. And, and, I, and I discuss this often, but, you know, like you suggested, to some degree, Blackness is centralized in this work. So my work oftentimes tries to allow for space for, you know, Black thought and Black kind of critical engagement and, and, and oftentimes signifiers and materials that belong to kind of a long and complicated history that is ours get to play a significant role in its relationship to more traditional Western philosophies, concepts, and themes. And, and what happens in my work often is that, you know, white antagonism uh, is not necessarily activated and given equal footing in the work. So it's not an expression of my disappointment or my frustration with uh, the Western world's failures and, and, and recognizing our achievements as black and brown folks are participating and engaging with us critically and intellectually. It's more of a celebration of sorts of the things that, that are rewarding for us and the themes and concepts and, 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 and aspects of our kind of critical minds and our existential selves that gets unpacked in a work like this, whether it's copies of, of uh, Toni Morrison's work, mm-hmm. or whether it's something like Shade Butter, which of course, you know, has such a long history of, of its relationship to, you know, uh, black folks in the d- diaspora, finding opportunities to coat our bodies and to moisturize ourselves with an African product and the closeness that, that we feel that associates with, with, uh, w- uh, with West Africa in particular. And, and those feelings and those nostalgic kind of themes and ideas that come as a result of that. And that, that, that sense of Afrocentrism, right? And that connective tissue that it, that it starts to represent. And, and, you know, evolving all the way through, you know, its relationship to minimal and industrial design strategies and, and how that can begin to suggest, you know, more Western dynamics. But at the same time, using a pyramidal structure, which is, you know, at the heart of it, a very African thing. Yes. So kind of vacillating between all of the complicated histories, all of the symbols and signifiers. And the idea that, that a young black kid can come be introduced to this work, that this work is, is given central and prominent space to which to amplify its concerns and that they can come to it and that they can notice that within the confines of it are things that they may be familiar with from their own experiences, their own lives, their own background. And it's not being produced exclusively as an activist tool. It's not just there to say it's there in response to white Western themes. It's there to say it's there as a celebration of what it is and its potential and its, and its, and its reality as central in the themes of art and art history. So it's, uh, if, it, if it can perform that way at all, then I'm doing very much what I hope to do. Yeah, and you know, the, the, the green growing up into, you know, like, like you're in a, you know, an incubator of 
something possible. Uh, you know, all things that I'm certain when everyone else gets a chance to see it, they will make their own interpretations. And for me, like I said, I was cool with the shea butter and uh, Rasheed Johnson. That's all I needed. And uh, I was so happy to experience this. Um, you've, you've worked across so many mediums, mediums and platforms and, and, and found success in your creativity and, and, and your art. Um, what's, what's next uh, in your Afro future uh, that you are coming out of this pandemic crisis kind of saying, hey, you know, I'm cooking up a few things that may uh, be different than you've known me before. It continues to grow and evolve for me. I'm, I'm in my painting studio in Long Island, New York right now. So I'm, I'm working on some paintings. I'm working on a short film that I'm going to be exhibiting at David Kordansky Gallery in Los Angeles. It's a, it's a seven minute and 50 second film that begins to speak to some of the complicated feelings that arose around the pandemic which is, you know, quite natural. A lot of artists are thinking about these, these ideas and these themes. And my work it tends to be more than it was in my early life prescient. I, I tend to respond to what it is that I'm facing that's right in front of me. So as far as really imagining what's next, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a global, uh, it's a global question, you know, what's next for us? As a, as a collective, I mean, we're living in a world and in, in America in particular, you know, where the, the Trump administration uh, was 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 defeated, whether they've accepted it uh, or not, not uh, <laughs> is, is another thing. But uh, I know that to be truth and, and factual. So there's a sense of reward in, in, in the fact that America was able to at least begin the conversation around writing certain ships. Of course, we have, you know, as you described earlier, this, this reckoning on race, this, this re-exploration of our roles and the expectations that we have for one another and engagement around issues of race, but uh, simultaneously around issues of gender and sexuality and location and nationalism and bordering and access and agency and who has the right and the opportunity to amplify their voice and who has the platforms in which to do that. And so as we explore and, and examine and put under the microscope all of those really quite complicated concerns, uh, my work will continue to ideally respond to them appropriately and actively without, uh, without malice, um, trying its best to be present and and to explore these 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 ideas with with a with a sophistication that that is um, rigorous and engaged. So you know we'll, we'll see. I guess is the answer. <laughs> well, I can't I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see some more shea butter and black soap expressions. Uh, having followed uh, you now and seen um, your um, Anxious Man series, I think it was. I was like, wow, okay. No, mental um, health is a big is a big uh, component of my work, and 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 destigmatizing mental health, in particular around uh, folks of color. To which you know, 
you know, oftentimes our communities have been resistant to, you know, exploring and discussing these, these complicated emotional concerns. Absolutely. But we really need to be active around that because because of our, our interactions and the complicated relationships that we've had with the places that we, that we live, you know, we've been subject to some things to which our mental health has been very much, uh, stressed so, <laughs> so so we need to be really active and 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 in the care portion of that yeah well that's that's why the the creatives amongst us who can continue to find a way to find expressions of joy even in the complexity of all of those feelings it, you know i i think that as part of the black renaissance that we are in that it you know continues to remind us of how we are complicated uh, and 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 still joyful, resourceful, and creative. So appreciate Absolutely. you being here with me today, and uh, thank you for sharing. I'm excited to see you sometime in the near future, and congratulations uh, for uh, this opportunity that. The National Art Gallery of Canada is, is, you know, the portal through which we can say this is a wonderful celebration. Thank you, Rashid Johnson. Well, thank you for having me. The opportunity to, to, to tell people and the folks a little bit about what it is I'm doing. And I look forward to meeting you in person. I do, too. Uh, you've been listening to my conversation with Rashid Johnson, the artist featured in the lobby of the National Gallery of Canada. His installation is called Capsule, and you'll be able to see it at any point moving forward once the gallery reopens on July 21st, and it'll be there for a while. And look out for the information coming from them for when he will be here in town for you to meet and uh that it'll just be a great celebration for us here in Ottawa. Stay tuned to CHUO 89.1 FM. You're listening to Black on Black. You've been listening to a CHUO original podcast. CHUO is community-driven media. Find us online at CHUO.FM, on air at 89.1 FM in Ottawa, and on social media at CHUO FM.